I just want to say too, just very briefly, that after the 1983 fires, Warren and I moved into Cockatoo, and um, we, we just heard amazing tales of God's incredible um, protection and restoration of lives there. And one of the things I want to pray for, um, there was a real move of the Holy Spirit in Cockatoo for 10 years after those fires. We lived there for 10 years. I just want to pray too that um, even though it's just so devastating, we're focusing on that now, that, that there has to be some good that can come out of these tragedies. Let's pray. Oh, Father God, we come before you now and we uh, acknowledge that you are an awesome, powerful, mighty God. You're our holy God. We know that you are sovereign and we know that you hold all things in the palm of your hand and we know that you are both holy and awesome and fearsome as well as humble and compassionate and merciful. And so this morning, Lord, as we've contemplated and we're reflecting upon all that has happened in the last 24 hours in this state and in New South Wales and in Queensland, Lord, we acknowledge your awesome holiness. And we acknowledge that we are frail human beings that have no control over our lives. But Lord, we would come before you now and we would pray, we would plead that the terrible devastation that is, that is being caused and that is continuing, Lord, that there would be change, that the winds would die, that the fires would be able to be controlled and extinguished, Lord, that houses and, and lives would be protected, that there would be no more loss of life, Oh, Father God, we would pray for this. We pray for our firefighters, these brave men and women that are volunteers and that are out there putting their lives on the line and fighting these fires, Lord. We pray. We pray for their protection, for their well-being, for their stamina, Lord. We pray for them. We pray, Lord Jesus, that for all of these fires, we think of the fires out near... Um, Majigonga and Stanley and over to Gundaring and, and Yakandand and we pray that this will be brought under control, Lord Jesus. Lord, we pray, we pray for the township of Marysville. Our hearts just are so grieved because we have such a personal connection there. And we, we give you glory for the many, many years that that camp at ESA has um, enabled our young children and, and and young adults to go deeper with you. We just pray that that has not been lost, Lord. Lord, we pray. We pray for the protection of all of those uh, families and homes that are currently now under threat. And we pray that you would cease the winds. Oh, more than anything, we pray that you would bring rain, Lord Jesus, to this dry, dry southern land. Lord, we pray for those that are fighting fires that um, Jonathan has mentioned. Thank you for them, for Aaron, for John, for Matt and Nathan, for Tim and Arthur and David and others that um, we know personally 
Lord, we pray for their protection. Lord, we just think of Margie and Callum now, Mavis's daughter and son-in-law. And we, we think of Mavis and Ron as they head down and, and, and be with their daughter and son-in-law. We just pray for comfort and for them to be able to rebuild their lives, Lord Jesus. Oh Lord, we just pray that somehow through this devastation, Lord, that, that many, many lives would come to know you that people would realise that life is not is just so fragile and that there is a God and that the only way to live is to know him and to live in him. Oh Lord, we pray for this. And so we just ask that today be a day where there is restoration and there's cessation of these fires in your precious name. Amen. Is Jesus actually saying that to you this morning? Because if he is calling you to come follow him, the best thing that you could ever do is to respond. I want to share with you in these next few moments just what this meant to a young Jewish boy. Um, Rob Bell, in his great book, Velvet Elvis, explains what it was like in the culture for Jewish boys in Jesus' day. They would grow up longing to be taught by a rabbi to become a rabbi. So what would happen in young Jewish boys' lives from the time of age six onwards, they would enrol in school, which would often take place in a synagogue and be taught by a local rabbi, and they would enrol there in, in what was called the house of the book, or set sefer. In the house of the book, these young six-year-olds onwards would start to learn about the Torah, about the traditions, and they'd start to learn uh, what it was uh, until they were about 10 years old. By 10 years old, those that were really above the head of the pack, those who were the brightest, the ones that were responding well and learning and had a gift for knowing God's law and learning it, would then uh, be asked to enrol in this next uh, group called the House of Learning. By 10 years old, if the boys had come through well through the first stage of learning, they would have memorised the Torah. This is from six to ten years old. We would have memorised the books of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers and Deuteronomy, which make up the Torah. And those that had done exceedingly well would be asked to join this next house of learning. And if you were asked to do that, that was something for you and your family. Because a rabbi was one of the most honoured positions in Jewish culture. Uh, the community hung together on the words of the rabbi who taught them the law and who showed them. And for a young Jewish boy to be accepted into this next stage from 10 years old would be an honour. At 10 years old, there were kids that realised they weren't the brightest of the bright, the best of the best, and they went back away from the house of learning. And they go to their parents, and maybe generation after generation had taught their children how to fish. And so they would give up the dream of being taught by a rabbi and become fish, fishermen. Or maybe 
their parents were farmers, so they'd join the work on the farm and their father would teach them the trade. Or, or maybe they were wine, you know, wine makers and grow grapes. Or whatever it was, they would then learn that trade disappointed that they weren't part of the best of the best, the brightest of the brightest. Yet, for those that were into the next house, the Bet Talmud, the house of learning, they would learn uh, more and more the, the books of the law, the traditions. They would learn about all the different rabbis, all with the hope of at one day at age 14 or 15, standing before a rabbi and say, I want to become a Talmidim, a Talmidim, your disciple. Now, when someone stood before a rabbi and said, I want to become your disciple, the rabbi really wanted to know whether this was someone worth investing all the time of teaching and learning and training this person because the task of becoming a disciple of a rabbi was just not to know everything that they knew but to actually become like the rabbi. And questions would be asked about the Lord. Do you understand this about the Lord? Do you know this? Have you learned? Have you been faithful in your learning? Are you someone who's moldable and shapeable and teachable? And if you are, then the rabbi would say to this aspiring disciple, come, follow me. Come, follow me. Implications of that were enormous for the young disciple. They would not only now learn from the rabbi, but they would seek to become like the rabbi. They would follow the rabbi around from morning till night, most likely from the age of 14 or 15, those that had become a disciple of a rabbi would leave their parents' home and would spend the day following the rabbi. It was an honour for a young Jewish teenager to come home with dust all over their robes because they'd had the dust of the rabbis on them. They'd been following them around, learning from them, seeking to become like them. Would you open your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 4? Jesus had come in and started his public ministry. And Jesus was baptised uh, in chapter 3. And what happened after his baptism, Jesus was led into the wilderness where he was tempted by Satan. And then in chapter 4 and verse 17, these words are written. From that time on, Jesus began to preach Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. And what any rabbi does as they begin their ministry is look for disciples, those who would follow him. Now let's read uh, from verse 18. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting nets into the lake, for they were fishermen. They were not the brightest of the brightest, the best of the best. They'd missed out at 10 years old and they'd gone back and learned the trade of their fathers and they were now fishermen, just doing what their fathers had done, left behind, but doing what they felt was all that they could do for the rest of their life. And the rabbi, Jesus, comes past and he says these words to them, come, follow me. And I will make you fishers of men. At once, 
they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, and they were in a boat with their father Zebedee preparing their nets, and Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Come, follow me. And an aspiring disciple became a follower of the rabbi. This morning, Jesus is still calling people to come and follow him. He's still asking people to come and follow him, the living Christ, the Son of God. And I want you to just notice two things. Jesus chooses those who don't make the cut. Did you notice that? A fisherman who hadn't studied the law or the Torah or even knew anything about the traditions or the rabbis. Ordinary fishermen left behind. Jesus said to them, come, follow me. This morning, if you are racked with guilt, if you men find that you are uh, living your life and find continually you are gripped by an addiction that you can't break and you feel you never can, and you've been, that God would not have any time with you for you. Man, if you feel like you have tried to live a life that honoured God but failed, hear the words of the Master Rabbi. Come, follow me. Because those who don't make the cut, those who don't have it all together, are the ones that Jesus calls, not the perfect ones. Second thing I want you to know from this passage is Jesus, like the rabbi, calls those who he believes in. This morning, if you sense Jesus calling you, he has chosen you. He thinks that you are one who can become like him. You might not feel that. You might think, why would Jesus ever call me? He knows my life. He knows my failure. He knows that I, I've tried time and time to break addictions. I've time, try, tried time and time to overcome this sin or overcome this. He knows my selfishness, my pride. He knows the anger problem. He knows everything. And, and he can't choose me. But when Jesus says, come, follow me, he knows those who he wants to invest his life in. If he's calling you, don't say no. Respond wholeheartedly. Because if you do, your life will be transformed from old to new as you follow Jesus, the Son of God. You'll realise that your guilt, your shame, your sin is not a barrier. Jesus has taken upon himself your sin. And through faith in him, you can be forgiven and have new life and you can live the life that Jesus called you to live. The second thing you'll realise is that as you follow Jesus, as you read his words, as you pray to him, as you live your life dependent on him, you will become more and more like him and your life will be completely different. Is Jesus calling you? 
He's been calling five people to be baptised this morning. Each of them have different stories, but each of them have heard Jesus say, come follow me, and have chosen to say yes. Yes, I've missed the cut. I'm not good enough. Yes, I hear you calling me, and I'll respond because you're calling. Let's hear from three people first, Francois and Sandra Therong and Rob Petsky. Why don't you give them a big welcome as they come up now. So Sam, uh, uh, Francois is going to come and share first. Thank you. I was uh, lucky to be born in a Christian home. Both my parents and my grandparents were devoted Christians and I was brought up in the ways of the Lord. We are from a Dutch Reformed background and I was baptized as an infant. I have gone through many ups and downs in my walk with God. I'm still struggling and sometimes I have little faith. However, I know that God forgives us our sins and that I believe in him, not because of anything I have done, but through his grace and also he draws us to him through the workings of the Holy Spirit. I knew that the Bible is the true word of God and that we can take God on the promises in his word. In John 3 verse 16, God promised that anyone who believes in Jesus shall not perish but have eternal life. My security, therefore, is not based on my feelings or emotions, but is based on the promises in the word of God. We as a family have found a spiritual home in Wodonga Baptist Church. For this reason, and after much reflection, I am taking this step today to follow the example set by Jesus and because Jesus commands it. I hear with also wish to declare publicly with my mouth what I believe in my heart. And uh, Francois's wife, uh, Sandra, is going to come and share now. Thanks. Good morning, all. Um, I grew up in a Christian home with Christian parents that made sure we went to church and youth group. I was baptized as an infant and did confirmation in the Reformed Church in South Africa in year 11, where I confirmed that yes, Jesus is my savior. All through my life, I was constantly reminded of what is the right thing to do and what not. I did not always want to do the right thing, but tried very hard. At times, I was far from God, other times very close. I can remember when I was in school that I would say to myself, I will be a good girl when I'm older, as I wanted to do what I want to do. 
But now I realize that time is not to be wasted. I got ma married and after our first son was born, we were blessed by joining a small group. That is where my Christian faith grew day by day. As we discussed the Bible and started to love other Christians as our family. Since then, we have not been without a small group as this is where I find real Christian friends that has the same purpose in life and that is to get to Jesus Christ in heaven at the end. We emigrated to Australia in 2004 and moved to Vodonga in 2008 and have since been attending this church and found that this is where our spiritual home is. Because I confirmed my faith when I was 17 years of age in the Reformed Church in South Africa, I did not feel the need to be baptized again. But as I prayed a lot about it and did the inquiries course about baptism, and while studying some verses about baptism in the Bible, I realized that even Jesus, when he approached John the Baptist, he said that John should baptize him. It's in Mark 1 verse 9. But because of the right thing to do, yes, even Jesus did it. And therefore, I would like to be publicly confess my faith in Jesus as my Lord and Savior and be baptized. Finally, I can confess that being a Christian is a daily confession of sins by myself and forgiveness by Jesus, as I still do, don't do what I have to, but I'm getting there. And the more I read the Bible, go to church, attend a small group, and most of all, talk to the Lord through prayer, the more I want to do what Jesus wants me to do. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace. Please direct my life. Amen. And Rob Pesky. Thanks, Rob. Good morning. Uh, my name is Rob Petsky. I've been coming to this church for about three and a half months now. Um, what an awesome church it is, and really, God really speaks to me in this church, so amen to that. Um, recently moved from Tartara um, on the south coast of New South Wales, and um, was a reborn Christian 15 months ago. Basically, was living a life of flight of, um, I was the king of my world, so... I ran my life and sort of seeking material things and searching for things I wasn't really asked, I don't think so. Sort of came to a point where I asked him a few questions and just through, like God, I realised God was always there, but didn't want to listen to him. So I came to a day where I actually sat down and actually, okay God, I know you've been there all my life and finally I wanted to talk to him, so... Yeah, 15 months ago that happened. Um, so um, I was in a uniting church in Tartara and then came here uh, like three and a half months ago. So, um, so just um, through finding God um, really has changed my life a lot. Really uh, realise um, who I am as a person, um, what I'm sort of seeking rather than what I was seeking before it wasn't really true and material things never last. So. God's love is always there. And um, really just um, really reading the Bible a lot. Um, and just really seeking God on a daily basis. Um, really working on wherever I am, at work, at home, in church. Just seeking God 
and that's so helpful. And just through just through finding God, um, met a lot of great great people in the last fifteen months. Um, sort of funny story, been in Tarsa for eight years, and never met any of the, any of the people I met in the last. Like I moved, say four months ago. So in the last eight months that I was there, I met. I wish I'd met these people a bit earlier, but um, just godly people that really. Well, this is, this, like this is a really godly church, and really the family is really. Being a new Christian, you got to have that support, like small groups, or just come to church. So this is a great family here. I feel very blessed being here, and God has definitely um, blessed me the last. Oh well, since I've been a Christian, reborn Christian, really got me focused on what I'm trying to, like really um, where I'm going in my life. Um, I'm actually going to. Um, he's called me to study youth ministry this year. And very much um, just becoming a Christian, my personality, my really good personality traits have really risen to the top. And really, I sort of really sort of know where I'm going in life. So, and just through meeting some great people like yourselves and where I've been in Tatra, it's just been an awesome 15 months and really excited about the future. So, praise God and amen. <laughs> We're going to continue to sing together. And to come, why don't you welcome them as they come to share their testimonies? Great, Carol. I've been worshiping, worshiping at this church for about eight months. Prior to that, church to me was somewhere you go for weddings, christenings and funerals. Being from a large extended family, I might average three attendants per year, maybe in more, even more if it was a particularly fruitful year. I think I was always aware of God because I would marvel at his beautiful creation and thank him for the wonderful privilege of seeing the spectacular sunsets from my front veranda. But I never thought of going to church to worship him. My life last year hit a low point. Failing health prevented me from running the commercial flower growing business on our farm, which until then had occupied a major part of my being. And I was forced to spend a lot of time alone indoors. And this gave me the opportunity to reflect on the meaning of life, and in particular on my life. Remembering the love and fellowship that was apparent at my daughter's church, which was very similar to this one, my daughter lived in Queensland, and when I would visit her, the scenario went like this. Well, Mum, we're off to church. You can either come along or you can stay here by yourself. Needless to say, wanting to spend every possible moment with my grandchildren, I would go along. I decided to come to this church and see what it was that seemed to fulfil my daughter and her family. I was made very welcome here. <coughs> And after attending a couple of Bible study groups, I learned that that big book that can always be found <clears throat> in hotel rooms, the book that I'd never looked at, and the book that I felt had nothing to do with me and nothing to do with my life, is, in fact, full of God's wisdom and guidance. Not only have I found the Bible to be a spiritual book, but also a practical guide for my life. I've also come to know that God is a loving and forgiving God. <clears throat> and is there 
any time I want to speak with him, and that Jesus died for my sin, a free gift. So I can now forgive myself, and with my baptism today, begin to enjoy a new and better life in God and Jesus. Thank you. Thanks, Carol. And now Julie's going to come and share. Um, for nearly one and a half years, I've been coming to Wodonga Baptist Church. And since coming here, I've realised a lot about myself. The most important thing that I've realised is that I've developed the most important relationship I'll ever have in my life, and that is with God. I've gone through a lot over the last... 14 years and I've made a lot of mistakes, I've made a lot of very bad choices and I've lived with addiction for over 11 years. I've been a very selfish person and because of the lifestyle I chose to live I've gone through a lot of pain and I've never felt content, peace or comfort but that started to change when I came to know Jesus. The best thing I've ever done in my life besides my children is put my trust and faith in God. God has brought me peace and contentment and comforts me and holds me up when I'm weak. I feel now like I'm walking with Jesus in life and he keeps putting all these amazing people in my path. I never thought I'd be accepted or trusted again after the things I've done. But since coming here and being in a relationship with God, I've met so many amazing people, people who have accepted me and want to know me. And I know that God does most of all. And he has forgiven me for all of my sins. And he still accepts me for who I am. And loves me no matter what. It's the most amazing thing I've ever felt in my life. I love God very much. And today I'm taking this step. Not only to become closer to God. But as a sign that this is the end of the old. And the start of the new. And I'm looking forward to an amazing relationship with God. Let's pray, shall we? God, we thank you for new life. Thank you for the new life that you give Jesus. As you say, come follow me. We thank you for those that respond wholeheartedly. Uh, saying, God, we look to you through faith in Christ. We will become your followers, your disciples. God, thank you for what we're about to witness and we give you all the glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to now... Uh, sing while let me ask you these questions Sandra have you turned from your sin and put your faith in Jesus as your Lord and Saviour I have great and do you commit yourself Sandra to being Jesus's disciple and to serving him through the church by his grace I do great Sandra, we've all heard and uh, your declaration of faith. And so now, because of your faith in Jesus Christ, I baptise you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.
Francois. Let me ask you these questions. I want to ask you, Francois, uh, today before these witnesses, have you put your faith in Jesus Christ? Have you turned from your sin and trusted him as your Lord and Saviour? I have. And Francois, do you commit to being Jesus' disciple, to serving him through the local church by his grace? I do. Great. Well, Francois, we've heard your responses. And so because of your declaration of faith, I now baptise you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Well, Rob, I reckon there'd be a lot of people on this hot day that would love to be in here with yes, us. Yes, not too bad. Not too bad at all. <laughs> but it's you today. I just want to ask these questions to you, Rob. Have you put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ? as your Lord and Saviour? Have you turned from your sin and put your faith in Him? I have. Great. And Rob, have you committed yourself to being Jesus' disciple, to being His follower, and to serve Him through the church by His grace? I do. Great. Now, Rob, we've heard you say those words. And because of your faith in Jesus Christ and your declaration here today, I now baptise you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. testimony and I want to ask you Carol have you turned from your sin and put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour I have great and Carol do you commit yourself to being a disciple of Jesus and to serve him through his church by his grace I do great well Carol Upon your confession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I baptise you now in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Turned from your sin and put your faith in Him as your Lord and Saviour. Great. And Julie, do you commit to being Jesus' disciple, to following Him uh, through His church by His grace? I do. I have. Sorry. <laughs> That's great. Hey, Julie, we've heard what you've said, and because of your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, 
I now baptise you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. beautiful. It's so lovely to know that God is here with us right now and he's with these people. So let's continue to baptise to just come forward. Now we want to present you with a certificate just to um, remember this day and uh, maybe just if you just come up here, that would be great. Great. And we're just waiting for Sandra. She's just obviously still getting changed. And we don't want to draw attention to that fact. <laughs> but that's wonderful. Hey, um, w w what a wonderful moment for these people. And what a great moment in their lives. And we want to just say, Francois and Sandra, if you'll just give that to her when she's out. Rob, Carol, oops, and Julie. Um, here, here comes Sandra now. Come up, Sandra. Is it? No? Oh, no? Oh, no, that's all right. <laughs> no, that's fine. Why don't we just now uh, give thanks and, and pray that for the rest of their lives, God would just strengthen them and encourage them as they look to Jesus. God, we thank you that you've said, come, follow me, and they've responded, these people. Lord, thank you for the testimony today. And may each day as they live for you be a day looking to you, Jesus, learning from you, following you. And God, may they become more and more like you with every passing day. Holy Spirit, empower them, strengthen them. May the work of their hands be things that you use to affect other people's lives greatly. And bless them, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Good on you guys. Take your seats. Thank you. question remaining. You've heard today uh, just the fact that Jesus is still calling people, come follow me. And the one question that just still hangs in the balance is, is Jesus saying, come follow me to you in these moments? Is he calling you to respond? Uh, it may be that this morning you're realising that Following Jesus is not about learning all the Torah, learning all the Bible, coming to church and getting yourself all right before you respond, but that Jesus calls those that don't have it all together, those that are weighed down with the heaviness of their guilt and shame, those that are stuck in addictions and wanting help, those that need a saviour. That's why Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weak and burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Maybe today is the time when you just say yes, because you realise you're not uh, a cart above everyone else, and you're not perfect in God's eyes. The second question that just hangs there today is if you are sensing Jesus calling you to come follow him today I want you to trust 
that he wouldn't be calling you if he didn't think you could become more like him. You know, on that lakeside of Galilee, he called Simon Peter, just a fisherman, missed out the cut. Yet later he would say to Peter, Peter, you are the rock. And on your confession of faith in Jesus Christ, I will build my church. It all just started with come follow me. And Peter, believing that Jesus knew what he was doing when he asked him to be his disciple. Wherever you're at, if Jesus is calling you, respond. He knows what he's doing. You don't have to look at yourself to see if you're right. You just need to hear the words of the master responding, realising that you're not right. This morning, it could be that you have never said yes to Jesus. Here and now, why don't you respond? Why don't you say, yes, Jesus, I want to be your disciple. I want to follow you. I want to become like you. If you have been a follower of Christ and today you've realised that this is what Jesus did in being baptised and if you as a believer want to be baptised, maybe he's saying, come, follow me. Do what I have done. Be baptised as well. In these moments here and now, is Jesus saying to you, come follow me? Why don't you respond? prayerfully before him here and now. Why don't you prayerfully respond as you listen to these words as we hear the voice of Jesus saying, come follow me.
Cause you're in this moment Here and now There is nowhere you can't be found No Come follow me. All it takes is you to respond. And as you've been responding now, uh, what a joy it is to turn from your sin to Christ to become his follower. If you've done that this morning, we celebrate. That's the beginning of a wonderful new journey for the rest of your life. If anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. And the rest of your life is learning from the master, learning from Jesus, loving him, reading his word, living life. If you've done that, we just want to encourage you to share that this morning. And one way you can share it is just by, on the blue cards, you could let us know by just acknowledging between you and God, I am receiving Jesus into my life for the very first time today. On the back of the card, on the right-hand side, are three decisions you could make. First of all, you could just tick, I am receiving Jesus into my life. And this is the first time you've turned to follow him. Tick that before God and say, this is my decision. If this morning you felt this is my time to be baptised, Jesus is saying that. Tick that second box. I want to make a public declaration of my faith. It could be this morning that you realise you have wandered away from the rabbi, from Jesus, the teacher, the son of God, the saviour. You might want to tick, I'm returning to the Lord after wandering away. The decisions that we make 
change our lives as we respond to the living God.